Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, your host, and the clinical microbiologist and the chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. For today's episode, we welcome Lisa Willems from our product management team at Mayo Clinic Laboratories for a test-specific podcast. Thank you for the introduction, Dr. Pritt. Today, we will be discussing test QMPSS with Dr. David Murray. But before we get started, Dr. Murray, could you provide us a little bit about you and your background? Sure, I'd be happy to. My name is David Murray, as you said, and I'm a pathologist here at the Department of Laboratory Medicine at Mayo Clinic Rochester. My background is not only in medicine, but I was an industrial chemist at one time, and I oversee, along with my colleague, Dr. Maria Wilwich, the Protein Immunology Lab. Our laboratory was originally founded by Dr. Kyle, which is a big name in the field of myeloma. And our lab, uh, prior to me even getting here, has been involved in many of the advances in testing for myeloma. One of those is the well-known Olmsted County study, where we looked at the prevalence of mugus here in Olmsted County, Rochester, Minnesota, and that has become sort of a landmark study for the prevalence of these diseases. Uh, our lab also helped establish the role of the free light chain measurements in the clinical management of patients with plasma cell disorders. So I was fortunate to join this lab in 2010 after completing my residency here at Mayo Clinic. Prior to entering medicine, I spent 10 years as an industrial chemist working on polymers. And I think this background really allowed me to see lab testing in a different light as compared to other people trained as pathologists. And gel electrophoresis, when I came to the lab, was been, has been utilized since 1967. And I could see there was a need to automate our laboratory as well as relying on paper processes and, uh, you know, is a very manual process. So the timing for our change also was right for the field of myeloma because I came to realize that traditional gel methods were not adequate to detect plasma cell diseases at very low levels. And our hematologists had turned to bone marrow biopsies to look for a more uh, sensitive way to detect minimal residual disease. And this is because the field of myeloma has advanced to where patients are responding to the modern therapies and the disease is going to lower and lower levels. So with that background is why we started looking into this new technology we call MassFix. Thank you, Dr. Murray, for that background. Very helpful. So you and the Mayo Clinic team have been very instrumental in advancing insights with the use of MassSpec, as well as the initial launch of the MassFix essay a few years ago. Would you elaborate on that a little more? Yeah. So when we started looking for, we really set out to look for a more sensitive method that would work in serum to try to avoid a bone marrow biopsy for patients. And uh, this led us to using mass spectrometry, which I jokingly call gas phase electrophoresis, because in a sense, it really is, to really to improve the detection of the M proteins in the serum. We really hope to create a serum-based test that could achieve the sensitivity of a bone marrow-based biopsy, because I think patients would rather just give a blood sample rather than a bone marrow sample. So when we started out, we used really expensive mass spectrometers to kind of do the proof of concept, we started to realize that mass spectrometers can give us better sensitivity and specificity for detecting the marker of multiple myeloma. 
And then after we finished this proof of concept, we kind of saw that there was an ability to adapt other mass spectrometers to build an assay that could actually replace all of our gel-based testing in the lab. And as you said, the result of that was an assay we call mass fix here at Mayo to mark the similarity of that assay to the traditional immunofixation. We published some of our first results on this mass fix assay in 2016, and we brought the first version of the test live in 2018. Our original publication we did demonstrated that the assay could be made relatively quantitative, just like SPEP, and also could determine the, the M protein isotype in a single measurement. Prior to starting our first version of the test in 2018, we had discussions with our hematologists. And we decided to take a two-step approach in implementing MassFix. We concluded that we should proceed cautiously by using the MassFix to isotype the M protein, but we were going to leave quantitation of the M protein on SPEP. And while we did this, in the background, we collected the MassFix quantitation results. And uh, so we could demonstrate uh, to our hematologists and to the rest of the world uh, the concordance of our mass fix quantitation with SPEPs. In addition, we also needed some more time to automate our own software. We had to build our own software for this so that the techs in the lab could perform this quantitation without too much effort. Dr. Murray, your mention of mass fix quantitation leads us to exciting development with this essay. Please share about quant mass fix, its increased specificity, and also which patients should have this testing and when it should be performed. Traditional serum protein electrophoresis has some limitations in its ability to quantitate. Some of the limitations really have to do with the nature of the way some patients have both the monoclonal protein in their serum and also the polyclonal background. And trying to differentiate between those two has always made SPEP kind of uh, not adequate to go into very low levels for tracking patients. In our lab, prior to uh, implementing the mass fix technology, we would go down typically to 0.2 grams per deciliter. And after that, we felt like SPEP wasn't accurate enough to quantitate below that level. And that really had to do with the polyclonal background. So knowing that and all these problems, we spent a lot of time during these last five years while we've been up and running, trying to work on the best way to quantitate and separate out that polyclonal background from the monoclonal protein. We actually utilized a PhD electrical engineer to help us fundamentally model the ion physics of the mass spectrometer so that we could understand, you know, okay, if you put all these ions down the tube, how do they actually look at the end? They will spread out some, but how far will they spread out? So we could then use signal processing to kind of track the data. We then had, because we've been live for five years, we had 250,000 samples in our data bank. We pulled out 30,000 normals. We then used uh, signal processing techniques to kind of model those normals. And then we also then used the ion physics that we did to come up with a method to, to accurately separate the polyclonal background from the monoclonal protein. So then we, after we created this software, we went back and compared our mass fix quantitation results to SPEP in over 6,000 samples that were previously done. And so now we've been able to really document a significantly lower level of quantitation than what we had for SPEP. We're going to move it at least one order of magnitude 
this is going to change a lot of things. Currently, because of the way patients are being treated, we saw that in our lab that 70% of our samples that we're measuring are below the level of quantitation of SPEP, meaning 70% of the time we would say, well, there's a monoclonal protein there, but we can't tell you how much. And so that's kind of, I think that could be somewhat frustrating both for the physicians and the patients. So now we're going to be able to probably much quantitate everything down to lower and lower levels. And really this method that we're talking about is really just going to replace the traditional SPEP and IFE that is done. We'll, we'll get it down to one test that we have to order. And so any patient looking to be screened or followed can be done on this test. But I realize that, uh, you know, not everybody wants to send all their samples to Mayo. So I think for us, because we have this lower level of sensitivity, I would think that treated patients who have now gone negative by immunofixation, you might want to send those to us to see if we can bind the M protein. With the proviso that, and this is a very important thing, that we have to have a positive sample within our files in order to measure the mass of the M protein so then we can accurately track it over time. So that's the other thing that we've done. We've also automated the history so we can go back and all the specter are saved on every patient that we run, both for Mayo and for our clients. And we'll be able then to like use that positive sample that was sent in before treatment to then give an accurate reading for uh, minimal residual disease. Thank you, Dr. Murray. This is all very exciting. Great advances for tracking the disease. And it definitely simplifies the ordering for clinicians. So just to recap, from a more simplified ordering menu, for physicians ordering for diagnostic purposes, <laughs> the test codes to order would be QM, PSS, and free light chains. And then for ordering and monitoring M proteins after diagnosis, it would be the one test code, QM, PSS. And to your point, there would need to be a positive sample previously received or to be able to compare. Did I capture that correctly? Yeah, that's correct. We are condensing okay. our ordering menu. We had many different algorithms that we would do, but given this can all be done in one test, we're going to simplify it to one test. Now, this test does not replace the traditional free light chain analysis. This test is really to quantify M proteins, traditional M proteins that have both a heavy and light chain. So the free light chain assay is still necessary, especially for patients who have things like free light chain myeloma or ALM lordosis. That's still an important part of the ordering. For the rest of the ordering, it's now just simple one test, as you said, QMPSS. I think there's some real other advantages here too that we can bring into the testing. And one of those is the idea of tracking some of these therapeutic monoclonal antibodies. As everybody knows, post-COVID, everybody knows something about antibodies now, but there's a whole host now of uh, drugs that are actually humanized monoclonal uh, immunoglobulins. And this is the same marker that we use to diagnose these diseases. So there's a chance now, and it's being more and more talked about, that uh, we can detect a monoclonal protein, but it's actually a drug that the patient is taking. We call that iatrogenic diagnosis, meaning it was caused by a drug. So one of the things that we're doing now that we have automated software is to put a database of all these drugs that are be given that are given to patients so that if a, if you send a screening sample to us and it matches one of the drugs, masses will tell you, ah, oh, this this could be, you know, maybe Humira or one of these drugs. 
And that will allow the physician to look into the record and see if the patient's actually on that drug. And if they're actually on that drug, then they can think, well, maybe this is actually the drug and not the true Muggis clone. And maybe that'll save the patient being followed. Because basically, once you get a diagnosis of a monoclonal protein, you're followed for the rest of your life to track the level for the rest of your life. So we're trying to avoid some of those also. So that's some of the specificity that I think we've brought into the testing. Now, with this change, though, there's some things that will be missing. Clients will start to notice that the traditional fractions we get off of SPEP, normally on SPEP, because we're looking at the entire serum, we talk about the albumin fraction, the alpha-1, the alpha-2, the beta, and the gamma region. Since we're now just focusing specifically on the monoclonal protein, those fractions will, that traditionally came off of SPEP will not be present. But in my opinion, there are much better assays to report these protein levels from. One example people talk about is alpha-1 antitrypsin, which is part of the alpha-1 fraction. If you're deficient in alpha-1 antitrypsin, there is a need for treatment. And sometimes people say, well, SPEP, you can look at this deficiency, but SPEP actually doesn't have the kind of level of quantitation that's really needed for the disease. Our SPEP fractions are reported in you know, 0.1 grams per deciliter, and deficiency is around 100. So if a patient truly deficient, say level to 60, we're going to round that to 100 and you're going to actually miss the deficiency. So we're encouraging our clients, something I always tell the residents, I think SPEP is really only good for looking for monoclonal proteins. If you look, want to measure the level of any of the other of these proteins, there are an alternative test and we'd be happy to, to share those with you if you have questions on those. But that will be missing from the reports. So for those clients outside of Mayo who want to use our mass fix assays, I've previously said, I can't stress how important it is for us to have a positive sample before you send us something that becomes negative by traditional IFE. This is because once patients get treated, a lot of times there'll be many clones that are overexpressed as the bone marrow is repopulating after treatment. And so we'll see many peaks with different masses. The way we increase our specificity is by having that original mass of the M protein, then we can compare our positive sample to the sample at low levels to make sure the masses line up so we can give you an accurate diagnosis on your patient at that time. So this is what I would say. So before you start treating the patient, make sure you sent one sample to us. Anything that's positive in your lab will be positive in our lab. And so if we have that positive sample, it's going to go a long way in helping us give you an accurate diagnosis on the patient if you choose to use it this way. Thank you, Dr. Marie, for that. And also, with the advancements with this essay, would you elaborate how it supports the IMWG guidelines? I realize we haven't touched on that yet. The International Myeloma Working Group has published guidelines, which have been established for quite some time now. And this was really based on looking back at patients who have all kinds of plasma cell disorders. And their guidelines state that in order to adequately rule out a monoclonal protein, a physician should order serum protein electrophoresis, immunofixation electrophoresis, and a serum-free light chain quantitation. Since our new assay is going to replace both SPEP and immunofixation, you can order that test the QMPSS, and then add on an additional free light chain and you will follow the traditional uh, IMWG guidelines. 
Thank you. Are there any closing remarks you have that you would like to add, Dr. Murray? Uh, yes, I, I know change is not easy. It never comes easy. And uh, and these uh, serum protein electrophoresis and immunofixation have been around for quite some time since the 1960s. And so people are very used to this kind of testing. But I really uh, would like to thank all the clients and the physicians who are willing to go through this transition with us. You know, we know that uh, things need to move forward, and uh, but change is always difficult. But we really believe that our new assay brings in, as we said, more sensitivity and more specificity. And we realize, though, that there may be many questions for those of you, our clients, coming from your physicians or patients about this testing. And we'd just like to remind everybody, one of the things we pride ourselves here at Mayo Clinic is we're here to help. So please do not hesitate to call our lab and or me uh, if you need any more information. Dr. Murray, thank you so very much for sharing of your time and expertise regarding MassFix and the exciting advances around MassFix quantitation. Very exciting advances and definitely for patients and their care. So in closing, to learn more about MassFix quantitation and other testing, please visit mayocliniclabs.com. Mayo Clinic has a full spectrum of testing for patients to receive the right test and care. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.